This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Spotify. Do you like music? Do you like podcasts? Do you like ads? Well, two out of three is good enough. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello, welcome to The Chaser Report for Thursday, the 19th of August, 2021. And Charles, we've got to talk about it. It's just devastating. We've got to talk about the most important story in the country, New South Wales, 633 no, cases. No, no, it's terrible. No. It's a disaster. What are we going to do, Charles? No, let's no, let's no, come no, up with no, a plan. Dom. No, Dom, Dom. There's a much, much bigger story that's happened. There there's can't a, be. Who yes. died? No, 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 no. There's a new sandwich shop on our street. There's a, like up on on the main street. Really? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, it is good. It is really good. Right. Okay. Let's and just park the six hundred and thirty-three. Yeah. Tell me about the sandwich shop. Why I is it so to good? Tell you this. So it's in the same spot. Um, there used to be a bookshop there for about four or five decades. Mm. Uh, so it's in that slot there because you don't need books anymore. And um, I had a bacon and egg roll from there the other morning. Absolutely delicious, crispy bacon, beautiful runny yolks in the eggs. It was just perfect, right? And then this morning. I go and get a blat from there. Oh, I love and a blat. It, it, no. See, this is the thing, right? So it's very good cooking, right? Mm. But I think the sandwich shop owner might be a psychopath. Oh. Right? Because, so I mean, uh, first of all, I'd say, can I have a blat? And they go, a what? What are you talking about? And I, a bacon, lettuce, avocado, tomato. And she went, oh, okay, radio. And looked, you know, but it's like there's a bloody, on the menu it says, Bacon, lettuce, avocado, tomato. But she doesn't call it a blad. She doesn't even know that it's called a blad. Right. But then worse than that, so she hands me this box with a nice sandwich in it. Right. I open it. Right. Nice fluffy bread. All Mm -hmm. this sort of stuff. Beautiful bacon. But the, the bottom layer of bread is like round one way. And it's got this sort of domed top on the bread. Mm. And the top layer of bread is the other way around. I have never been served in, in my 45 years on this planet. I have never been served a sandwich where the top and bottom layer of breads don't match up. Like it, wasn't, it wasn't a square piece of bread. Like It was just madness. Like this person is clearly a psychopath. Charles, we've, we've talked about this. Um, you have a tendency to, to, to turn every single story yeah. Into a, just a downward dwindling spiral no. into terribleness and Look, misery. Yeah, I yes, thought this was going to be a things. good story. I, you said there was a great new sandwich shop. I went with no. it because it wasn't no. talking about COVID. And yet yeah. now somehow the fact yes. that near us, because we live near each other, the sandwich yeah. shop doesn't know how to do a proper sandwich. That's even yes. more depressing to me than 633, Charles. It's even worse. You I know, built my hope and then you worse. crushed it. You crushed my hope. You stomped on it and then you served it upside down. I, I I am not uh, like I'm not comfortable sending my kids outside anymore. Not because of the coronavirus, but because there's this sandwich maker on the loose who puts the top layer of bread around the wrong way. It's horrible. I'm particularly glad that we just spent three minutes discussing a sandwich shop that is hyper specific to the two of us. No one even knows where we live. When on today's show we have the Environment Minister from New South Wales, Matt Keane, talking about building a consensus to actually do something about climate change. I think. 
to be honest, I hope that that interview is also going to be all about your sandwich, Charles, because I think the minister <laughs> needs to know. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to put those questions to the minister. Uh, but then, and also, we've got uh, Lachlan has done a bit of research to find out how to make money out of being vaccinated because there's all these little benefits and everything like that. We should get to that, Charles, but before we do, any more comments on the sandwich? Well, I mean, I must admit I did end up eating it, but the whole way through it was a very scary thing to do. Uh, Again, the bacon was very crispy, probably a little bit too much avocado, and the bread was way too fluffy. They needed to get some sourdough. Announcing the new podcast from the Chaser Podcast Network, Charles's Lunch in... Uh, in the podcast, fascinatingly, every day Charles will live podcast uh, what he's having for lunch. He'll review it in great detail and express how it makes him feel. Coming soon to a podcast app near you. But first of all, let's go to Rebecca Dano in the Chaser Newsroom and find out what she had for lunch yesterday. In a bid to get recognised as a proper government, the Taliban have begun to pump funding into their marginal electorates. The Taliban have given their supporters car parks, canoe sheds, bottles of wine and swimming pools, all in the hopes that the Australian Liberal government will see what they are doing as standard government behaviour. Channel 7 has announced its soap opera, Home and Away, is being renamed to Home due to COVID restrictions. The change is designed to better reflect the world during these challenging times. However, the network acknowledges it may come as a shock to the tens of people still watching television. Australia has been struck by a brutal second wave of DIY lockdown mullets. The homemade haircuts are rapidly increasing in popularity due to men having no clue what to do with their appearance other than an ironic retro bogan throwback. Fashionologists are describing the craze as the worst crisis of a mid-lifetime. That's the least depressing part of the Chaser Report. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Chaser Report is sponsored by Spotify. Ah, big man's got a problem with the ads, does he? Well, what are you going to do about it? Listen to the radio? <laughs> That's what I thought. Know your place. Usually when we say this sort of thing on this podcast, we are um, introducing someone who's playing character or doing a silly voice. But this actually is New South Wales Environment Minister Matt Keane. Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey, Dom. Hey, Charles. Thanks for having me. Now, you've uh, made headlines during the week because uh, you, you're calling for a new style of politics in Australia uh, to address climate change. And, and I want to get to that in a sec. But first of all, the IPCC report came out last week. It's 3,900 pages long. Um, as Environment Minister, have you read the whole report, all 3,900 pages of it? Um, I'm going to get in trouble here, but I have not read it all. But I have had a very good briefing from my department and I've read the executive summary. Well, hang on. No, come on. You're the Environment Minister. You're being paid by the people of New South Wales to do your job, and you don't even bloody read the whole report. Well, I mean, I've read the key bits of the report, and I follow your podcast. Oh, have you? You've read the key bits of the report, have you? Okay, well, I've got the report here. Uh, Okay, let's just go to a random page. Page 304, what does it say on page 304? Matt Keane. Well, from memory, memory, Charles, Mm. that's the part 
that says what the plan that Barnaby Joyce is looking for. <laughs> so when he's saying, I, I'm yet to see the plan, that's the uh, part of the report which says, uh, Barnaby, it's all laid out for you. Oh, wait a minute. So when he said, what's the plan, what's the plan, um, did he not know that there is a 3,900-page report that outlines a very, very well-costed plan? Is that, is that what's going on with Barnaby? Well, he forgot to look at page 394, as you said, Charles. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, not only did he do that, he forgot to look at the other 10 years' worth of reports that have been churned out by the world's mm. best scientists. But that aside, <laughs> that aside, this was just another example of a plan for Barnaby to say, that's the plan we need. So, so just talking about Barnaby for a sec, do you have to go to meetings with him as environment minister? Like, do you ever sort of cross paths? Charles, I've never met him. Oh, you've never I've, met him? I've never met him. You know what? He, when he was on the backbench and, um, you know, after his yeah. sort of um, time, in, uh, time in the wilderness, mm. he used to write me these letters as, a, as when I was as the environment minister and he'd cross out minister and he'd say, Matty. And I oh, thought, wow. this, is very fam- this is very familiar yeah. from the deputy, well, the, the member for New England. So yeah. I feel like we have a very close bond. Yeah, right. You should go to Armadale and have a beer with him. It's probably the only way to actually change his mind. Just go there, open it. Just as soon as you pour a schooner, right, from what I understand, in the seat of New England, Barnaby appears within seconds. <laughs> well, Dom, as soon as Arnie Gladys lets me leave Hornsby, that's on the that's on the first thing I'm going to do. Drive to New England, have a beer with Barnaby. And just Are get, you just allowed get... to call her Arnie Gladys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel Gladys. like it's going to... Well, I feel like she's not going to be tuning into this uh, podcast tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so you're safe. I, if what she doesn't know won't hurt her. Yeah. All you need to do is just just print out the IPCC report on four thousand pages of printer paper, put them <laughs> in the seat of the car, and just drive up. But uh, look, I'm interested in this notion of the plan because, from what I understand, Matt, you actually outlined a plan for New South Wales to, you know, hit net zero. Which is this the plan Barnaby should be reading? Well, I have this radical idea that Barnaby seems to be very offended by, that the elected official's job is to actually come up with a plan mm. and implement it, and then they go to the public, or they go to the public and say, here's our plan, and then they implement it, and if the public don't like it, then they vote it out. So this is quite a radical idea in the Westminster system of government, but Barnaby clearly doesn't share it. Mm. Yeah, well, the, the, the standard practice, as I understand it, is that whenever climate policy comes up, it's a great chance to get rid of your leader. Um, that's, that's, isn't that what happens generally in both parties? Well, that, that has been the recent experience, but I don't think it has to be that way. I think that um, what we need to do is build consensus. I think we need to find common ground within the parties uh, and, uh, and amongst the parties, and that's what we did in New South Wales. I mean, we legislated the biggest renewable energy policy in the nation's history here in New South Wales. Everyone came on board apart from Mark Latham and One Nation. And quite frankly, if they opposed it, it must be a good policy. Yeah, but the, nat- the Nats aren't, aren't on board, are they, for a lot of this stuff? I mean, it, like in your speech that you made earlier this week, which created headlines, you call for a new politics, which is all this consensus building stuff. But, but you, you say people should be punished at the ballot box if if they don't sign up to net zero by 2050. Like, like that is, that's not Barnaby Joyce. Like, are you saying that people shouldn't vote for Barnaby Joyce? 
Well, I mean, it's funny you raise that because the Nats in New South Wales actually have been the key drivers of our climate policies and not because they're woke greenies, far from it. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever accused John Barillaro of that. He supported our renewable energy zone strategy and our net zero plan because he saw it meant jobs in the bush, investment going into the regions and a more prosperous future for everyone in New South no, Wales. But, so, yeah, okay, so that's that's at the state level. But what about at the federal level? Like there's George Christensen, Barnaby Joyce. These are not people who are signing up to what you're talking about. Like are you saying that people should vote against them? Well, I'm saying that I think we can all do our bit to help us get to where we need to be when it comes to reducing our emissions. And that includes choosing who we bank with, where we invest our superannuation. Obviously, the the next step is when you go to vote at the ballot box, look at who your local candidate is that's sticking their hand up and ask them whether they're going to take climate change seriously and put in place the policies needed for us to not only protect our environment, but protect our economy. Have you suggested to George Christensen that he offset all of those flights to Manila? I mean, it'll be expensive, (laughs) but it'd be good for the planet. Well, I hope George is adhering to the health orders at the moment, not travelling more than five kilometres outside his jurisdiction. But I mean, this is the point. Um, We all as citizens have a role to play in helping us get to net zero. It's not just going to be up to the New South Wales government or uh, the local government or the the federal government. They've got really important roles to play and I'm not dismissing that. But I think each and every one of us can do our bit. One of the ways we can have our say is at the ballot box. So there's a lot of science that says that the Australia's, the the federal government's climate target for 2030 is, is less than half what it needs to be. Do you agree with that? But I think we should listen to the science. I think that, um, you know, we, we listen to uh, the best uh, experts when it comes to dealing with uh, this on, pandemic. Hang on, hang on. But surely, like, you know, like, surely a job half done is better than no job at all. Like, you know, like, look at the COVID. Look at New South Wales. Like, we just didn't quite do the job well enough. And, and uh, yeah, well, look, it's fine. It's fine. Look, it's I know people talk now. about. I know people talk about this not being a race, but let me say when it comes to climate change, I think it is a race. You're not going to win the 100-metre sprint at the Olympics if you're walking it, okay? So I hope that answers your question, Charles. Now, yeah. You want to listen to the scientists. Um, I, Craig Kelly knows a scientist who reckons you can solve climate change with hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> I think Craig Kelly, um, look, as a politician, he makes a good used furniture salesman. And I think... Craig Kelly should stick to his lane. You know, that's what he was good at before he got into politics. So. Is he still in the coalition or is he now an independent? No, thankfully, thankfully, yeah. I, I no longer have to apologise for being a member of the same political party as Craig Kelly. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, Craig Kelly was trying to tell people like me that we were the outliers in the Liberal Party. But I think Craig's worked out, actually, he's the one out of step, not only with the Liberal Party, but the rest of society. Now, so essentially under your plan, the coal industry in New South Wales is dead, right? Um, Isn't there a point for some of these politicians who are sort of saying, well, hang on, these these are tens of thousands of jobs that you're sort of threatening. Like, isn't it pretty bad to – like, even if you agree with the science and everything like that, don't they have a sort of a point which is you shouldn't just sort of – throw people out of jobs. Like There are lo- actually lots of There's some pain. Know, There's coal mining jobs. Is, isn't that a point that we should be doing something about? Well, I think the first thing I'd say is that it's not our plan that is killing the coal industry. Those coal jobs 
that are at risk. Uh, they're not at risk due to domestic policy. They're at risk because of decisions in boardrooms in Tokyo and Seoul and Singapore, right around the world. I mean, today, 50% of the world's GDP has committed to net zero emissions and they're putting in place the policies to achieve that. That means there's, um, you know, a limited time frame on the uh, exports of coal. So those jobs are at risk, not because of domestic policies being enacted, but because of these global megatrends. And we need to embrace that reality. So Craig Kelly can stick his head in the sand and pretend like this will all go away. But um, I think the job of people like me is to identify the risks put in place the policies that will uh, mitigate them. And can I give you an example? I mean, there's no place better able to benefit from this transition than the hunter. I mean, it's got a deep water port. It's got a highly skilled industrial workforce. Uh, a lot of the transmission and electricity infrastructure is already set up there. So, um, you know, we can create new industries around green steel, green ammonia, green hydrogen, which is going to be required to power the rest of the world. So why wouldn't we grab that opportunity? I mean, you say that and it sounds good, but what if I say to you the words clean coal? Doesn't that mean you're wrong? But that's like an oxymoron. Like that, but it's what is clean. clean coal? But it's, it's, it's coal but without the bad stuff because I used the word clean. See, See what I did? But that's just a marketing exercise. And, you know, there are people in politics that are better marketers of these things than me. I like to stick with the facts and the reality. And the reality is that we're not only a sunburnt nation, we're a sun-blessed nation. We've got the best renewable resources in the world, and we should be harnessing that. The coal industry is at risk because of forces outside our control. Let's recognise that. Let's also grab these new opportunities that are emerging. When you meet with um, Barnaby Joyce, and I really hope you do, what are the chances you can get him to install a solar panel on that hat of his? Well, I mean, the key thing about uh, solar panels is that you need uh, cheap land and uh, a large space to deploy it. Now, I reckon that hat, uh, that's a very large space. There's not, I mean, unless someone's going to take it up with advertising, a solar panel would be pretty pretty good. I don't know what he's going to use that uh, cheap, reliable, clean energy to do. Well, no, I, I think he's... He's 100% uh, powered by ethanol at the moment. So I don't think <laughs> well, I think, I think if we could harness Barnaby's anger and frustration at, uh, the, the, at climate change, there's a, you know, we've got a renewable resource yes. there to power the entire electricity grid. Yeah, so we just, great. What we do is we keep on um, just riling him up. That'll be a sustainable electricity source to power oh. the grid forever. Now, I've got to ask you this final question. Uh, just before we go, um, what's the mood like in cabinet meetings at the moment? You know, like, like I know you've had the whole cabinet in confidence thing, but you know, like, does anyone dare bring up the whole "let's wait eleven days before we do anything about this Delta outbreak" thing? Like, like, or is that sort of a bit of a taboo topic at the moment? Yes, notwithstanding cabinet in confidence. <laughs> um, I think I think cabinet is genuinely concerned. I mean, no one's seen Delta. I mean, Alpha was very different, and the techniques we put in place to manage that successfully did not work when it came to managing Delta. There is genuine concern. I think there's a genuine view amongst my cabinet colleagues that we need the the priority uh, to is to deliver uh, you know a, a safe landing to the whole community. And the best way to protect the economy is to protect people's health. The sooner we get this on top of this, the sooner we can start getting back to normal. But you've got to crush uh, the transmission in the community first. Mm. 
It, look, it is great that we've got um, some politicians listening to scientific consensus and actually acting on the basis of what they say. It won't ever happen in federal politics, but it's nice to hear it happening on a state level. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Charles. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Are you sick of following outdated religions that can't keep up with who you're allowed to make fun of? Hell yeah, I am. Introducing the new Chaser Religion. Wow! The Chaser Religion is now seeking members to mindlessly obey our Lord High Truthsayer, His Holiness Pope Charles the First. Well, you had me at mindlessly obeying. The Chaser Religion doesn't discriminate against gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transsexuals, or transvestites. It doesn't even discriminate against women. Yeah, wait, what's the point then? The Chaser Religion doesn't even support pedophiles. Are you sure it's a religion? And if you confess your heinous crimes to us, we won't cover it up. Then why would anyone join? The Chaser Religion. Join today. Nobody else has. Charles, I think you've seriously misunderstood the target audience for this product. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. Here at The Chaser Report, we're doing our bit to get Australia vaccinated, particularly our younger team members. Lachlan... Got the jab. Hey, Lachlan. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I got the jab. How sick are you? Oh, absolutely woeful. I had probably three hours of sleep last night. It was dreadful. Really? From Astra or from Pfizer? Uh, uh, rabies. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was lip gloss. Now I'm just realising it's foam. Sorry. <laughs> it was funny. At first, I sort of wasn't sure about getting the vaccine because uh, there wasn't really anything in it for me. But then I found out about all these amazing free rewards that you can get. Oh. Like, I'm finally stoked because I'm finally getting something out of the vaccine. Oh, yeah, what? Other than avoiding death. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say other than immunity. Uh. What's in it for you? What are the, what are the perks? Yeah. Oh, so basically, it started in the USA, but there's a whole bunch of companies that are offering incentive programs to customers if they're vaccinated. So. Wow. Uh, rewards and promotions where if you can prove that you've been vaccinated they'll give you something for free and like i love a discount i love a cheeky bargain you do so i found a whole bunch of the the weirdest rewards that some brands have have offered for people for getting vaccinated and i thought i'd share some of them with you excellent cool. yeah so as, as i said it started in america uh this these promotions in illinois there was a gun range that would offer customers two free hours of rounds at their gun range per jab. Get your shot and get to have a shot. I see. Have a shot to get a shot? We'd rate that in this country. That's a very Scott Morrison. Yeah. Uh, you got to have a shot to get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, at, at this point in the pandemic, I would actually quite like a rifle? to shoot guns and just have at the other end of the rifle range. Yeah. They're not no. going to hand out guns to people in this country right now. No, not right now. Yeah. I mean, if you want guns, that's what the ADF are roaming the streets for. <laughs> That's true. Another one of the big things that happened were vaccine lotteries. So companies would put your name in a lottery if you'd been vaccinated and there was a reward for whoever's name was drawn out. 
uh, one of my favorite ones that they did was the American National History Museum offered the winner of their vaccine lotto a selfie with the big whale in their museum. Oh. Just a peculiar little thing to offer your fans. And that, that was the hot ticket, was it? That, that was... Yeah. Oh, I, I think that alone was what got the, the American jab percentage up across yeah. the 50%. Right. See, that's, that's what we need here. We need... Well, first of all, we need to reopen the museums. Yeah, I was going to say it doesn't quite work here yet. Although I will say, if they do reopen everything, what they should offer in a lottery, similar to the whale thing, is just a tour of all the big stuff. Yeah, you get to see the big banana. Yeah, and the big ram. The big merino, it's called. And the big shrimp. You'll like this, Gabby, because one of the few things that some Australian uh, companies did offer, the first people to get onto it here were Qantas and Virgin, who would offer you free frequent flyer points for getting vaccinated, which is so convenient because of all the travel we're doing right now. (laughs) Yay. Uh, Yay. Can you spend them in the airport shops? (laughs) You can, actually. Can you? Yeah, yeah. Qantas points you can turn into things we'll actually use, like iPads. You know what it'd actually get me? If the airports decided to make everything duty-free like it is when you first oh, go overseas, whoa. like a, ta- a taste of international travel would be just give me the vodka for half the price, you know? People have actually done that. They've done flights. They go in a loop, not from Australia, but overseas, where they go in a loop from the airport out of that country's airspace and then back again so that people can go duty-free shopping. Just because no during the pandemic, people still want to buy cheap stuff. Why bother wasting the fuel? Qantas actually did. Qantas ran flights that went in a big loop and they were hugely subscribed last year. I don't want the flight. I want the cheap stuff. I'm so sure that that's like the definition of a first world problem. Oh, I miss (laughs) flying. What kind of Jeffrey Bezos situation is that? I can pretend that I'm rich with culture again by sitting on a gross aeroplane and never even getting the satisfying part of going somewhere. No one likes the flying part. The Qantas mystery flights where you'd get up and you'd go around for a few hours and come back down. The Tiger Air experience was you'd turn up to the airport and then just wait in queue for four hours, find out your flight was cancelled and then go home. Nice. I've got two more uh, little promos that were offered. There was one, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm not kidding about this. This is completely true. There was a strip club in Vegas called Larry Flint's Hustler Club. If you want to Google that and check it out. I don't need to Google that to believe it. Would you want to Google that? Not only would this club offer you a free drink if you could prove you were vaccinated, but they would offer you a free private dance with a vaccinated dancer. I mean, you'd want to be vaccinated, wouldn't you, to go to the the Larry Flint Hustler Club against many things, against many, many things. I like it because no matter how dirty you want to get, it's always important to be COVID safe. I love this. This is proving that we've been wrong about America. You know, America is full of innovation. I'm not entirely sure socially distanced lap dances are going to take off, but who knows? What do you mean? (laughs) In this country, that would slap. Finally, my favourite promo was actually at a bar in Melbourne who, up until the TGA shut this promotion down, they would offer any customers who had been vaccinated a free beer, but not just any beer. Have a guess. Corona. Great PR for both the beer and the virus. Oh. (laughs) That's nice. Well, what's the chase they're going to give away to encourage vaccine take-up, Charles? Have you got anything to give? Last I checked, this company was nearly bankrupt. I've got lots of drugs, but I don't <laughs> really want to give them away. You've got a whole army of, of free, lonely interns. Surely you could throw us out on the street getting us to give away free hugs or something like that. 
Yeah, that's that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Free hug from an intern. Feels a bit Lachlan. sex trafficy. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Lachlan, just go and hug a member of the ADF and see what happens. <laughs> Congratulations on doing your bit, Lachlan. Getting v- vaccinated both for yourself, the country, and your future lap dancing career. Thanks, Dom. I'm doing my part. When I get vaccinated, Lachlan, I expect you to be the vaccinated dancer when I go to the strip club. <laughs> I'll work on my, my hip gyrating. Nice. Oh, oh God. This episode of The Chaser Report is sponsored by Spotify. So you're trying to listen to Kanye's new album. Nice, nice. Wouldn't it be a shame if someone would have just put six unskippable ads in a row? Oh, yeah, love ads. Mm. Charles, before we go, we have a painful duty ahead of us. We uh, Something that we really need to do. In oh, our yeah. roles as the presenters of the Premier Daily Podcast produced in Australia, except for the ones mm. that write better. We need to apologise, Charles. We need to apologise to the country of New Zealand. Um, what? what? Because Why? New South Wales managed to seed their delta over there. Not only have we seeded it pretty much around the rest of the country, it made it all the way across the Tasman to New Zealand. Oh, that is terrible news. I am not smiling at all. I am not. That is just terrible. I would never wish that upon anyone, even New Zealand. When asked um, why they needed to immediately go to a level four lockdown, Jacinda Ardern responded with one word, Australia. But she really should have said <laughs> Sydney. She just should have said Sydney because we yeah, know what, she, it, what she it was. She should have said Bondi. I mean. We should get her on the, let's get her on the show. We should get her on the show. We should apologise in us. person. Yeah. But the other thing is Bondi has been setting trends for a very long time. I mean, surf wear, mm. lifestyle wear, influences, mm. and now Delta outbreaks. We lead yes. the region. We do lead the region. And um, I, let me just say, I'm shocked that someone from New Zealand was in Bondi. <laughs> that <laughs> that's, that's true. All right, Jacinda Ardern, you are formally invited to um, come on to the Chase Report podcast. A lot of politicians do. Uh, I know you're busy, but when you've got a moment. Yeah. I mean, she had time to go straight on to TikTok or something and answer questions from people about it. So I think she's got time for us, surely. Yes, yeah, definitely. No, she'll she'll be on there. Look, set your watch to it. Uh, tomorrow morning, we'll have her on on the podcast. Seems very yeah. likely. Yeah. And in the meantime, Madam Prime Minister, we are very sorry. Um, yes, we know that is that is terrible because I sort of feel like, yeah, it was the one of, beacon of hope, and now that beacon has been yeah. turned off too. Although I must say, every time I hear about another previously smug and critical jurisdiction grappling with one of our outbreaks that we've seen, them, I do. Part of me goes, see, it's not actually that easy, is it? Victoria slash ACT yes, slash Queensland shit. slash New suck Zealand. Suck shit, everyone else. Ha, see? <laughs> We're the people sitting in the bottom of the deep hole full yeah. of spikes and just getting everyone else to jump in. We're Welcome the aboard. We're the fuckwit. We're the people who used to sit at the back of the bus and spag on everyone else. Yeah, and that, that spag now contains COVID-19 <laughs> Delta variant. All right, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you'd be so kind. And today's code word is on the side of the virus. Uh, on the side of the virus. There have been some very funny um, reviews this week, by the way. Please add yours and read it, them all out on Friday's episode. Our gear is provided by Road Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network. Catch you tomorrow. See ya.